Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the curmudgeonly yet open-minded musings of two guys in their early 40s as they stared on the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and joining me is Noah Tarno. Ten pounds of dynamism in a five-pound bag. Noah Tarno, how are you, sir? I can't tell if that's an insult or is that praise. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Good to be here, as always. This week, we are incestuously eating our own tail by talking about a podcast. It's amazing that this is the first time we're doing that. But here we are uh, discussing a podcast called... A podcast on a podcast on a podcast. An enigma wrapped in a riddle. The show is called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. For those of you not familiar with this, this is both a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network uh, and a web-only video series on NBC's back channel web a subscription service called CISO, which I'm sure nobody fucking knows about what that is just because it's so buried in ephemera. This project, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, features these three young gentlemen, the McElroy brothers from Huntington, West Virginia. Justin, the eldest, Griffin, the middlest, and Travis, the youngest, or maybe the other way around. Are you sure? I think Griffin's the youngest. Griffin's the youngest. Okay, Travis is the middleest. Yeah, I think you're right. They started this thing as an independently produced audio podcast in 2010, migrated to the Max Fun Network, and Max Fun is just a channel filled with things like Judge John Hodgman, and it's it's like a syndication network. The brothers have been minor web celebrities for a few years in podcast and game video game worlds. I think preceding that or concurrent to that, so they sort of have their own things going on. I feel like it, it became one of the bigger podcasts that's out there. That's that's the intro, right? So it's a comedy show that relies on the these three brothers interacting with one another, and they're fairly close in age. The youngest just turned 30 uh, a couple months ago, and I believe the oldest is somewhere around 36. I think the show is more or less just feeding off their easygoing chemistry between one another, that they yes. kick this thing out, you know, a podcast has very low stakes and so a million people started a podcast and and to have something begin in 2010 i feel like i became aware of podcasts only started listening to them myself and i think 07 2010 even seemed late to the game to come up with something that was like a hit but these guys managed to turn the podcast form into something that earned out for them they managed to find a way to prosper solely from doing podcasts i assume i mean they have other mm-hmm. things on the side i think well, they've, they've parlayed yeah. this into video game shows one of them's an executive with uh, uh, Polygon. From what I gather, they do have day jobs. First of all, stepping back a little, uh, the, the conceit of the show, nominally at least, is that they find answer questions on, on Yahoo questions, Yahoo answers. Yeah. whatever it's called, and they find them or they have fans send them in and they, quote-unquote, attempt to answer them. They don't really answer those questions. They just use that as a launching point yeah. for, as you say, their easygoing rapport, their riffing and joking. And while I believe they have day jobs, they do make money off it. They do a lot of sponsorship stuff. Their sponsors include Lyft and Blue Apron and uh, Casper, you know, the sort of typical companies that I hear being advertised on most podcasts. Yeah. And they've done a series of live shows that have been very popular. So, yes, this is a hit for what it's worth as podcasts go. I mean, I'm sure they make a tidy profit from it and it leads to X, Y, and Z other opportunities. So whether or not they have other day jobs, this is definitely a success for what that means. Well, we're talking about um, them because they got onto quote unquote TV or web TV. Yes. That, that's, yes. You can't boast that about every single podcast. There are a lot of podcasts, preeminent ones that go on for years and years and years and just slug it out using Patreon funds. They don't graduate to some other format. But the idea that these guys Again, because it's a comedy thing, that's why it allows them to hop media from just 
podcast to something that requires the formality of a studio setting and cameras and editing and, and the whole web show format. You know, I, I have to admit that I didn't listen to the podcast. I just watched a shitload of these videos. Uh, assuming that the podcast format was similar to it, that the podcast was the nascent mm. version of what the videos became eventually, whether it's a more perfected version uh, of the audio podcast, the video version allows them to do much more hijinks. And, and so what did you what did you listen to? How did you intake this media? I, I totally half-assed this, I will admit. I watched one of the CISO videos and I listened to about an hour and a half's worth of the podcast. And each episode should be noted as about an hour, right? Of the yeah. podcast, give or take. I sampled it and I could still hear their voices in my head. Um, <laughs> I mean, do we, we do we want to get to what we think of this? I yeah, mean, absolutely. That's the whole point. I mean, why don't, why don't you start, Bill? I mean, this was your idea. This is your thing. But Bill, what do, what do you think of uh, my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother, and me? My brother Larry, my other brother Larry, and Daryl. Well, um, see, now no no one knows what that is. No one knows what that know. is anymore. Not anymore. I have to admit, I was charmed by it. I found that these three guys' chemistry was pretty funny. I had the same apprehension about taking this in as I do most things, thinking preemptively, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate it. This is a stupid thing. This is for somebody else. This is another demographic. This is popular with kids. This is people who are like podcast celebrities that I'm told are TV celebrities. And I'm going to like, wait, I didn't ratify this. These people just sort of zip by some stages <laughs> of development and got right on TV without like paying their dues. And then sure as shit, I start watching these things. And I'm, I'm like laughing my ass off. I'm, I'm in tears watching these guys mostly just fuck around with each other. And it was the shorthand language of watching these guys like push each other's buttons. It's They would go through the trouble of coming up with these Baroque setups and running around town doing weird weird stunts. It's a little bit jackass. It's almost like a little bit Portlandia in terms of the way that the Huntington, West Virginia as a character in this show, in the CISO version at least, and that they constantly badger the mayor of Huntington, West Virginia to sort of play along. And he's this really like starchy, waspy, benign figure who just has no idea what's going on. But they keep talking to him over and over again, trying to get him to, to get on board. And it just looks like they spend a lot of money on a lot of stupid, silly ideas. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I like Jackass, in spite of myself, in spite of intellectual uh, reservations, it just kind of rushed right through and it, it like it introduced itself loudly and said, no, this is this is funny on a, such an instinctual level. And so I kind of feel like I got what these guys were going for or whatever their charm was based on. It was just the idea that they were trying to either terrorize each other, make each other laugh, or like cause each other pain. And it's just so simple. It's so brotherly where these guys don't sound stupid on air. They're they're not just flat, affectless, untalented. Like, the guys on Jackass were not talented people. I wouldn't call their skills talent. No. They didn't have things to say. They weren't funny. No. They were, like, other than Johnny Knoxville, who was an actor, who took the show Jackass because it was an opportunity to be an actor. Uh, the other guys were not actors. They were living Jackass. But they were also, like, dead-eyed drug addicts, skateboarders. And they really didn't have any charm. And yet that show won with me anyway. But these guys are witty. They're nimble. They seem to be camera-ready. They seem to be comedy-ready. They have time. Timing. There's some natural innate thing that makes me feel like they probably grew up goofing around on camera. I envy the kids who, you can just tell, grew up with a surfeit of self-confidence because their parents were really accommodating of their want to play around. And so I feel like what I'm seeing is an act that's been 35 years in the making. Okay. Uh, I hate this. 
<laughs> I think it's awful. It, it's not quite that simple, but I don't enjoy this. I don't want to listen to it again. I'm not happy it's successful. I don't like these guys. I want no part of it. Wow. I, I watched one episode of the CISO show, and from what you just said, now I feel like if I were really give this the full chance, I should see that again. Because as you described the show, the show has almost kind of a through line of, all right, well, Huntington, West Virginia is a character, and there's this recurring thing that they're annoying the mayor who, you know, becomes a character in spite of himself, blah, 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 blah. All right, so maybe there's something there. But listening to the podcast, they're funny. I'll give you that. They're funny. They're amusing guys, but they're funny the way when you're sitting around in your college dorm room or you're yep. sitting around in a yep. friend's apartment that your friends are funny. Yep, absolutely. There is right. no, there's cleverness to their comedy. There's no originality to it. There's no professionalism. I mean, maybe they're camera ready. They're not microphone ready. They speak way too fast. <laughs> they all three of them have the same voice. It's funny, but there's no effort. There's no particular talent. There's certainly no insight. They're not they're not offering insight on any topic whatsoever. It's just people jerking around. And there's it's, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But but this is not what people should be paying for. And this isn't what people should be going out to live shows for. And this isn't what companies should be paying sponsorship money for. Like this is the shit you get from your friends for free. This isn't media. No, it's interesting. I don't think I could disagree with you. I feel the idea I think what you're going for is that this whole thing, their whole thing is ad hoc or at least it's it's designed to appear oh my god yeah. uh and i i think that's definitely important i mean i think that's the point is that they are trying to look ad hoc there's trying to be this uh almost like second city television sh- ramshackle nature to what they're doing I think these guys want to look like they're not trying hard. I think they want to look like they're just some guys fucking around at the end of the bar. They're your your friends' friends that you knew, and they're a bunch of, like, wiseacres, you know, where you guys met at a pool party sometime in the summer. And, oh, yeah, those guys are really funny. They're real characters, you know? And it's like, oh, you should right. start a podcast. And they did start a podcast. And that's like, enough people got on board with the podcast. I can't disagree with anything you're saying. And I, I'll go even further. I have another bit of ambivalence. Media, to your point, is, and this is CISO, so it has the full weight or partial weight of NBC and Comcast behind it, is putting their money on more unexceptionally doughy, Caucasian, middle American guys. Yeah, well, there's that too, that Uh, these guys are just, they're not interesting guys in and of themselves. And statistically, they're exactly the guy who a gigantic conglomerate is going to put their money on and they're going to claim that this is um, an outlier look how daring we're being uh, helping yeah. a podcast make the jump from audio to video we're real we just found these jerks you know these guys they're regular guys what are yeah. the chances that you could have seen three black dudes uh, or three brown yes. dudes three Puerto yes. Rican guys yes. three Haitian yes. guys yes. and it's like zero the chances well, are well no zero. you could you could see that but it wouldn't make it to see so yeah in fact I'm sure I'm sure it's out there I'm sure there's a podcast of three Puerto Rican guys guys jerking around like this that is probably just as funny if not funnier but it's not getting picked up by an NBC affiliate even in just in New York I know of a number of like um, upright citizens brigade related sketched and comedy teams there was one called doppelganger that's where Sashir Zameda came from Uh, that was a three-woman team and they were all uh, black women and they were incredible but I mean, I know that there are any number of people who don't usually, you don't obviously see on networks like this, don't get the chance. And so, as much as I like these guys, they're definitely occupying a spot that could have been given to somebody else who might have been less obvious, right. less middle American, less doughy and Caucasian. Um, I'm not even saying unsafe because 
I think talent is safety. Uh, and there's so much talent that's not getting a chance. And these guys are pretty unexceptional. Even if the budget for each show is a couple of thousand dollars, that's money that could have gone somewhere else to push in the needle in a different direction. I just find this so, I mean, you get it, my problem. It's so unexceptional. Yeah. And there, you know, we talked about a little of this with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, you know, he's talented. We could do better than putting him in the Johnny Carson slot. Yeah, sure. And I think we as a society can do better than making the McElroy brothers stars. I hit Justin at about 45% strength. That was too much. Uh, hey folks, it's us, the McElroy brothers. Just telling you, don't hit. Cause the energy in there, it fucking sucked. It was not brother weird, but it was like professionals working together weird for sure. Yeah. Don't do that shit again. Okay. Why is this popular? Well, I have a, what will sound like a pretty, I don't know if lofty is the word, but a pretty pretentious theory. And that's because we are all isolated mm -hmm. from each other and we don't have these friends anymore. We don't spend time with these friends anymore. We don't go out drinking with our friends. We don't hang out at pool parties over the summer. Instead, okay. we go okay. home and watch Netflix. Uh -huh. And the McElroy brothers have replaced friends for people <laughs> and listening Wow. And listening to a pod, yeah, oh yeah. Oh I'm, man, I'm you, you, you and, went there and, and you did it. Listening to jerk offs on a podcast has replaced hanging out with jerk offs at a pool party. <laughs> and and that's not good, my friend. It's a type of humor that people feel like they can't get anymore because they wake up in the morning, they go to work, they go to the gym, they watch Netflix, they go to sleep, they shut the fuck up, and that's life. So the McElroy brothers is the only way they get this kind of, since time immemorial, I mean, go back to the fucking cavemen sitting around the campfire. And that should be an interpersonal experience. But in our society, it's become a corporate approved, advertised, technical, impersonal experience. Boom. Speaking of which, if you don't want to make <laughs> dinner at night and you just want to receive pre-apportioned <laughs> envelopes with the food you need to cook. And I tell you, TroyBlueApron.com. Yeah, this stuff was delicious. And I'll see that and I'll raise you the slushy reality of middle range entertainment media. Like, for instance, the podcast for which there are many fewer rules and regulations. I, I use those both right. in quotes. Uh, and the same thing with CISO. If it's uh, a Netflix series, if, if it's Moss Mayor, which was the the same time CEO launched CISO launched they also put out a or uh, CEO Latin... well, CISO was founded by Seal the singer Most people it was it was Seal yeah. yeah exactly ex, yeah. the ex-husband of uh, uh, Heidi Klum. they're divorced I didn't know they were divorced oh yeah yeah sure they I also don't, I don't follow this shit I really need to follow I... sorry no I'm changing the podcast well we're talking about Seal now that's all we're talking <laughs> about the rest of the show Seal and Heidi Klum that's all that matters welcome to the Seal cast <laughs> what's with the we scars all... on his face all right, go ahead. We're all a little crazy around here, everyone. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that NBC Comcast also released Mas Mayor, which was the Latin-themed comedy channel, similar to CISO. That, those are just two examples of another place to put stuff that never existed before. That's not TV. It's on the web, but it looks like a channel, and so it has major media backing, but at the same time, it's obscure, and it's not near, it doesn't reach nearly the amount of uh, people that a television show would. You could still tell yourself you're an anti-corporate iconoclast if you listen to yeah. it. Or watch it. Or yeah, whatever. it's not just it's not just a self-funded YouTube or Daily Motion thing, which is seat of your pants, beholden to no corporate master. This is like people may take your thing that has a crappy homegrown affect and put it on these pay channels, and they will pay you so little money, but you have access to their gateway. They're still a gatekeeper for smaller, less conventional forms of entertainment. And so this is the perfect example of a podcast.
Press, which was fully its own making. The podcast is completely its own idea. They came up with this thing. They did it. No one ever produced it. I mean, it's produced, but no one ever told them, here's what you should do. And they made a passion project of what they want to do. And what they wanted to do was just sell themselves. It was just based on charisma and personality. And so you have your argument about everything that you just said, plus the idea that there is this gigantic, fuzzy heat mirage of room to put stuff like this. And so it becomes popular because there's 44 billion acres worth of room to develop new buildings on. And so everyone who's ever wanted to build a shack or a bivouac gets to put something up. And so everything gets to be popular. And the question is, what does popular mean? But not everything gets to be popular, Bill, because what's our listenership yeah. compared to theirs? I uh, mean, that's not I, the case. I say popular in, in scare quotes. We can say this thing is popular because it graduated from one form to another, and there was a corporate megalopolis behemoth involved in the transaction. So there is some layer of gatekeeping. A lot of podcasts I've listened to just are doing their own thing. They want to make money, you know, and so they go between sponsor ad reads and pay. Patreon. That is one level of popularity. And I, you know, I appreciate the guys who stayed lower to the ground just because it's more of their thing. I feel like I'm describing structural reasons why it's popular. I mean, I could say it's also very simply, these guys are charismatic in a way. The whole pool party thing that you mentioned. People maybe not, leave, they don't leave the house, but you know, you see something very similar in that these are cherub-faced middle Americans who look absolutely safe. The oldest brother looks like Jack Black. He sort of has a round porcine feature to him. And Poor sign. Look, I have friends. I go out to see people. I live in a fucking major metropolitan city, one of the biggest on earth. So I don't lack for out of doors experience. And right. yet there is something about this that somehow fits into my diet uh, that I see. Oh, here. I'm being negative when I say this replaces real friends. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm overlooking what's probably the thousands and thousands of people who listen to this and go out and hang out with their friends. Yeah. I'm being, I'm conflating, I don't know, whatever term you want to use. Uh-huh. I think there's some of that. And I think that it's a lowering of standards. It's an isolation thing. It's, you know, making stars out of people who just aren't stars, man. Raise Mm -hmm. our standards. All right, I got a good one. Okay. He ain't reaching out to. Hi, um, I was trying to, uh, my name is Zach, and I (laughs) remember... Hang up, you lost. You did so bad. Oh, Jesus Christ, Justin. I can't do this. You I can't, can't do, do that one again. You couldn't even say your name? <laughs> Who the fuck were you calling, idiot? I was trying to get all the generous on the show. Well, I could have yeah, told you, you that wasn't going to work. It's going great. It's going great. Really good. It's, we're nailing it. We're so crushing good. it. Would you have liked this when you were a kid? Yeah, I would have. I hearken back to our discussion of Jimmy Fallon because as a kid, I dreamed of being a star and all that. And I think I would have viewed this as the way in. Yeah. Is that, good, yeah, good point, you know, good just point. My natural charm and humor is what will, will carry me forward. And I just thought being a smart ass in a public forum yeah. would get me noticed and make me, you know, famous for being famous. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I were a teenager now, I'd be making YouTube videos and I don't think they would be good enough to catch on. But again, I've often said that viral success is 50% coming up with something that people like and 50% winning the lottery. I would have been going for that. And I would have, in some respects, I would have viewed the McElroy brothers as, I would have looked up to them. Because, oh, look, these guys are just funny and say random shit that doesn't really have a lot of underpinnings of comedy fundamentals and isn't really logical. It's just blurting out the first ridiculous idea that comes to your mind without any follow-up thought. That would make me famous. And that's what I wanted as a teenager. So yes, I I would like it if I were a teenager. I feel like I can make a through line to being a kid and being threatened by women who looked like they were more attractive 
attractive and wouldn't be interested in me. And <laughs> guys who look like they were cooler and sort of threatening because they were either bullies or too cool. These guys are neither of those things. I absolutely would have loved it. I, there's no doubt about yeah. that in my mind yeah. that they would seem like even more so if I wasn't doing a podcast myself or had any sort of aspiration to entertain or, or talk to large crowds of people. It would make me feel like they're av- avatars for me. They're doing exactly what I do. We're doing the same thing together. We're in the same business. I say business you know, loosely. The idea that we're, we're peers, that they're just the best of us. We're all in the same class together and they were just at the top of the class and so got a TV show and got a podcast. But I would not feel so separate. I would not feel so distant from them. In fact, if anything, you know, I'm a doughy middle American white guy. And so if it could happen to them, it could happen to me. I worked at a dog kennel for two weeks in which one of my duties was supposed to be squeezing dog buttholes. Mm. Um, and I, but that was just for the dogs. That was just for the dog. It was a very zhuzhy spa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I full of dog finger blasting. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was not. I was both not good at it and refused to do it and was let go because of my poor work ethic. Is this a sign of the apocalypse? Well, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't. Just because the stakes are so low, um, I don't think anything is really. Look, uh, NBC. Comcast, Universal, Megalopolis, uh, Neo Tokyo, whoever they are, isn't gaining anything from this. This is such a low risk for them. Let's say this is successful. I don't think that this breeds them doing more of this just because it's so... I don't think anybody understands what the hell this is. I don't think people in entertainment understand what podcasts (laughs) are, and no one's figured out a way to make a podcast jump the rails to the next big thing. It's Yogi Berra's statement. Nobody knows anything. Was that Yogi Berra or Samuel Goldwyn? I think it's Samuel Goldwyn. Samuel Goldwyn, okay. They have decided to monetize podcast, and that's one thing. But you're talking about, like, is a podcast going to be something that is considered a, a grand mall scale of entertainment? I mean, e- look, even if it did, I wouldn't think that's an apocalypse because I really enjoy Internet radio. It was fun for me. I like it. That's not the but point. But what happens when the CISO show is enough of a hit that it gets picked up by NBC? And mm-hmm. then when the McElroy brothers are hired to host Jeopardy when Alex Trebek retires? I mean, at what point do we reach that level where entertainment is just the lucky, mildly charismatic amateur, and talent is meaningless anymore. NBC is particularly guilty of removing scripted programming, which they used to be an ace at, and putting in things like Hollywood Game Night and the Match Game. I think Alec Baldwin... Hollywood Game Night is well done. I'm sorry. I will defend Hollywood Game Night. But it's a cheap way. You you have all this great real estate. One of the big cultural underpins of America is TV in prime time. And what they're doing is they're taking a half hour of it, balling it up and throwing it over their shoulder and saying, no, it's worthless. They are not. The Uh, people who write and design Design those games are first-class game designers. They're the inheritor. They're not like the inheritors to Harry Reasoner and the great like Edward R. Morrow. No, but but the show doesn't replace that, sixty minutes. It's a freaking no, game show. But the show. shows that, that it's were better, in, it's, it's the better shows, written than Joker's Wild. I mean, come on. The shows that were in those spots were that was that was some groundbreaking comedy. Thursday was night. Important. It was a date rapist moralizing about how his family is better than yours. Yes, <laughs> we didn't we know have that. We really then. sunk low. Cosby he was he was, was still condescending to us. He was still condescending. He was still condescending. We knew that then. The game show concede, and I would say that uh, Dancing with the Stars and any number of things that just involve re- uh, fucking lip sync battle is just like, this doesn't cost anything. People no. did not come up with a story. At least no. like from last week, last episode when we did This Is Us, I give them credit because that's an extremely Baroque attempt at a form of TV storytelling that isn't done very well these days. And they hit it out of the park when they do it well. And the fact that NBC will go in on something like that, which is really trying to, you know, hit a fucking homer. And at the same time, they're just conceding, well, we're out of ideas. You know, we, there are so many shows. People are, 
are, are throwing shows at us. I don't think they're out put... of ideas. I think comedy game night is an idea. I think So You Think You Can Dance is an idea. I think My Brother and Brother and Me is not an idea. It's jerks sitting. They, they even have an idea and they don't follow through on well, it. I the think Yahoo that it's the same idea. They it's don't the, answer these questions. You're just putting charisma against charisma. You're just using people. Let's say that the McElroy brothers get to the point where they're on a Fallon-esque perch where you have America's older brother, prom king comedy. That is like they're not they're, they're not even in striking distance. But the thing is, it's like you can see this is where these rumblings start. Yes. You have a guy like Jimmy Fallon who came out of the same entertainment tradition of just trying to make people laugh and not having a real story structure about it. Just essentially preening and mugging until they finally break through and get a smile out of you, which is what these guys do. I just yes. feel like it can, in fact, get up to the apocalypse if they track out to the furthest extent, which is taking over something like The Tonight Show or some other institution that at one point was based on something a lot more sophisticated and a lot more complex. Then Uh, it would be a sign of the apocalypse. I think we're farther down on the road to it because of the reasons I stated before, because this is a sign of modern societal anime that we're all isolated and and listening to the McElroy brothers make jokes about the Saw movies, facile jokes about the Saw movies, has replaced sitting around having a drink, playing exploding kittens with your friends and joking about these things that's mm-hmm. where the shit belongs the fact that this stuff is now being sponsored by casper and blue apron and is a, a clear sign of the apocalypse hey guys welcome to the hey everybody welcome to the club welcome to the club hope you enjoy the experience of simply Griffin, you're getting a lot of articles i need a non-article word here please Cyber sex. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. We might lose the blast off <laughs> into <laughs> cyber sex. Well, let me tell you a story, Bill. My company, The Big Quiz Thing, we produce quiz shows for corporate and private events and occasionally for public events. And the last time we attempted to do a public event here in San Francisco, I wrote about 40 or 50 original trivia questions. Some of them were older, but all were updated. I produced them as a visual presentation, a multimedia presentation, including video clips and audio clips. I dealt with prize sponsors from throughout San Francisco. I negotiated with a well-positioned venue to do the show. I set it up. I did marketing for the show. I, I paid my staff to do marketing with the show. We charge only $5 because we're still trying to build in San Francisco. And three people showed up. By comparison, the McElroy brothers recently did a series of live shows in Austin, Texas. Theaters with about a thousand capacity charge about 30 bucks, two hours of them just jerking off on stage. And a thousand people showed up and paid $30. Do you think I'm jealous? <laughs> I think you know the answer to that question. I will stand by my belief that this is jerk off, stupid, facile crap, but I will also stand by yes, I am not a dispassionate observer here. I am jealous because they're getting tons of attention and tons of love for something that takes no effort, and I'm not getting enough attention and enough love for something that takes a very large monumental effort. I've spent 15 years working on it, blah, 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 blah. If there's any talk we've covered on the show that is in the wheelhouse of what we're both trying to do, I mean, even with this show, not you know, you've know, yeah. been at this a lot longer than I have as a, as a performer on stage. It, this would be the topic that would light your nose hairs on fire, <laughs> for sure. I, I feel like I don't dislike it, but I'm definitely jealous of them because, you know, one of the questions I wrote here was um, to ask you was, if you had adopted 
podcast, right, as a medium back in like 07. Do you think that your performing portfolio, your repertoire would be different? Ba- back in 2007, I was working my last day job. I worked in print publishing for years and years and years, and that experience went nowhere. And so somehow these guys found their thing at the right time and managed to sort of be whatever you'd, what you'd construe as success based on what they do. Right. If I just put the genius hours into it, the Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> genius hours into it, yeah. then maybe I, I would have had my, you know, whatever, 10,000, 100,000 hours. As much as I don't like this podcast, I do think these guys are funnier than I am, and I do think they're quicker on their feet than I am. And if we were just like college buddies sitting around in a dorm room, you know, shooting the shit, I'd definitely yeah. go, oh, no, the McElroy brothers are funnier than me. They got something. I just don't think they use their, their talent as of such a minor, insignificant scale. They're not doing anything. I mean, I'm a Calvinist. I believe hard work should be rewarded. And it's been a bitter lesson of my adulthood that it doesn't, not only does it not seem to be the way of the world, but it seems to be the the world is moving away from that. And the Macora brothers who will make it all up on the fly are going to do better than someone who, who sits down and really, you know, Crafts things, uh, yeah. Crafts Mach- machines, a, now, machines a product, yeah. Now, those people still succeed. You know, one of the things I love about Stephen Colbert is that every beat of his is well is well fashioned out. And as a result, I think he's a lot funnier than most other people out there. But then you have shit like the McElroy brothers, which is successful in spite of having none of that. Well, look at what we've done. In fact, the serpent has eaten its own tail. A podcast has fully digested another podcast. If you would like to find past episodes of our show, look to iTunes, look to SoundCloud, look to Google Play and The Stitcher. Tweet us, please. Tweet us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us at Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Visit I Don't Get It Podcast.com. Go to iTunes, give us a review. You can find me at William Scurry on Twitter, uh, and my good friend Noah will tell you where he's found. Uh, I'm all about the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com. Quiz shows for uh, corporate and private events nationwide. Bigquizthing.com. And yes, I am on Twitter at Noah Tarno. Still karaoke for the ACLU this year. So until next time, until we can find another podcast to lace into, until we're going to beat the shit out of uh, uh, Ira Glass (laughs) for This American Life, uh, I don't get it. And I don't think Noah gets it either. I don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2017.